Amen. Welcome everyone this morning. We're so glad to see you. If you're a if you're a guest with you, I may have missed you this morning. If you're a guest, we're so glad you're here worshiping with us this morning. We welcome you. Praise God. Amen. And uh, I know that there are many, 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 many people that are out of town or hung over from too much food and presence. But you're here, and so we're thankful for everyone today that's here worshiping with us. We also want to welcome... Uh, there's been some transition. Uh, I don't have to go into a lot of details. Take too long to explain it all. But there's been some transition in some ministries in our church. And so, brother and sister Barr, they're not really with us, but they are with us. So when they're here, we're going to claim them as a part right. of Arnold. All right. Amen. Amen. We have a, we have a to, to not bore you with details, we have a church-wide Software that all of our ministries use. It's a tracking software uh, that has all kinds of stuff that goes along with that. And because of the the nature of it and the kind of the the breadth and width of it, Brother Barr is going to become full time in doing that uh, and making sure it all runs smoothly and helping all the ministries uh, do that to its fullest. So he'll be traveling around, but when they're here, we're going to claim them. So, Brother Barr, Sister Barr, when you're here, this is your home. When you're out there, you can travel around. But always know you guys are welcome here. So we're very thankful. They did an awesome job in Brooklyn Park, pastoring in Brooklyn Park. And so we're, we're happy for them. Amen. And if you are watching us on theantioch.com, we welcome you this morning. We hope that you're not staying home and playing hooky. But if you are, that's okay. We're, we're welcome you. And it's awesome, awesome to have Mother Wright leading worship for us this morning. Praise God. Sister, uh, Sister Trish is away. And so uh, it's, I say this often, and I, I know it may just try to butter up, but that's okay to butter up every once in a while. It's not too many churches that when their main music team is gone that they go up. And this is no, this is no, no, no slight on the, on Sister Trish and everybody does it. And I, I know she wouldn't take it that way, but it's awesome that when Sister Trish isn't here, that we have mother right to come in and, uh, and I would say sing for us, but more minister to us. And there's a lot of you that, uh, you always, uh, be attached to her ministry, and every once in a while it's good to get fed from her. So we're very thankful that she has her strength and her health to be able to continue to do this. And for years and years to come. Amen. Praise God. I, I was said before, I said a couple weeks ago, I, I would say, my wife and I were talking about this last night. I don't know if this you should even say this publicly, but it's not the first time I'd said something I regret. This is probably the hardest service of the year from the standpoint of people's mentality. It really is. It's one of the most difficult services because we're sandwiched between two major holidays. Right. Most of us are so stressed out and hungover and just absolutely fried from the craziness of Christmas. Right. From parties and running around doing a thousand things. And it's the last thing 
sometimes, let's be honest, we all love Jesus, but sometimes the last thing you feel like doing is getting up, getting dressed. And it's difficult. The, the Sunday after Thanksgiving is tough. Fourth of July weekend, all those, Memorial Day, Labor Day, it's all tough. But this is the hardest, hardest service of the year. And as Mother Wright already said, we, we kind of go two ways. We can just kind of get through it and, and move on. And I'm not going to be long today. And, and, and we can just get through it and punch our time clock in and go forward. But I woke up this morning. I honestly, I, 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 it's Christmas and, and with three small kids, it's a very exciting time of year uh, in our house with three small kids. And so I got to admit, I was not in tune with the Holy Ghost all week like I probably should have been. I was caught up a little bit in the chaos of the events. And so last night, I, yesterday, I kind of was kind of opening my spirit, trying to feel out what the Lord would want to do today. And I wasn't really getting anything. And, and uh, this morning when I woke up, this word came into my spirit. Hallelujah. It was the word endure. And I don't know who's, I, I say it put it this way, I, I know who's here today. Most of you I know. But I don't know what your expectations are are today over the next 20 minutes or so. But I will say this, and, and I don't say this as a cop-out, but I believe there's somebody, I don't know if there's more, but at least somebody in here that the Lord wants to do something for you this morning. You say, well, isn't that a cop-out in case you know nothing happens? No, 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 you don't understand. Jesus went out of his way to talk to one woman. So if, if we have to have an entire service to reach one person, that's all right. That's okay. That's all right. That's not a failure. That's not a cop out. If he was willing to take a trip out of his way into a place that he was, that there was conflict, racial conflict, to reach one woman, I think he'd be okay with an entire service oh, yeah. to reach one person. Praise God. So you can be seated. I've, I've got several things. We'll just kind of mill around and I don't. John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. There you go. We're going forward and some of you can't sit down until the word is read. There you go. I want to read to you several scriptures and, and kind of just for a moment. What we what we talked about last week. And in case you weren't here, we preached on. Is it a wonderful life? Not it's a wonderful life, but is it a wonderful life? The idea behind it is, is, is and I don't want to go re-preach last week, but the idea behind it is, is that, you know, is your life wonderful based on a biblical perspective or life based off what the world says wonderful should be? And kind of building on that from last week, there is a lie, there's a mentality that we all go through that we've been fed that if life isn't perfect, then we've done something wrong or God somehow mad at us or somehow we've missed the boat somewhere that life isn't perfect, that everything in our life isn't going smoothly. But I'm going to read a group of scriptures here today. We're going to get through them. And I believe the Lord wants to touch somebody here today. But I want you just to listen to a theme that's found in several places in scripture. Let's just start at the top. Second Timothy Chapter 4, verse number 5. If the guy, whoever's on the screen up there can try to follow along, that way those of you that don't have a Bible, you can see what we're reading. But watch, thou in all things endure. Everybody say endure. 
endure afflictions. I don't have to tell, I don't, I, I wouldn't tell you to endure something if I didn't know it was coming. I know that's not blowing your mind. But I wouldn't tell you to endure something if that thing was not coming. And Paul tells Timothy, endure afflictions. That means, hey, Timothy, afflictions are coming your way. And you're going to go through those afflictions. And the word endure is not talking about a moment where you have an affliction on Saturday and you come to church on Sunday and God makes it go away. But an endurance to affliction means there are going to be some afflictions that last a little longer than a day or a week. There's going to be a time of of affliction that's going to be a period of time that's going to have to have some endurance. You don't need endurance as much to run from here to the back door. You may not have run in 20 years, but I guarantee you right now, 99% of the people in this room that are physically able to run can run from here to the back door without a problem because there's not much endurance to run from here to there. But if I said to you, you're going to run from here to Safeway, now we're in a whole different category. Because to get from there to Safeway, there's going to be a point in time where you're going to get tired and you're going to have to have some endurance to keep going. Anybody can run a short distance. Anybody can get from here to the back door and say, look what I've done. But it takes somebody with an an attitude of endurance to look far off into the distance and say, you know what? I'm not there yet, but I'm not going to stop until I get there. We often look at those who run so quickly and run so fast and arrive at their destination and go, look what I've done. But they've only run 50 feet. And there's some of us that have been just... Just chugging along little by little. That's all we can do. But we're getting there. Sometimes it's one foot in front of the other. That's all we can do. But we're enduring. And he said to Timothy, endure affliction. Endure affliction. Therefore, 2 Timothy 2.10. Therefore, I, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain salvation, which is Christ, which is in Christ Jesus, with eternal glory. Therefore, I endure all things. 2 Timothy 2.3 Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse number 4 So that we ourselves glory in you and the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that Ye do what? Endure what? Persecutions and tribulations. Not endure sunshine and beautiful times and peace and wonderful days where everything in your life is perfect, but with your patience and your faith, persecutions and tribulations. The problem with this is this kind of preaching doesn't fill buildings up because people don't want to to hear that they're going to have to go through their problem. They want to figure out, take it away. I don't want to go through all of this. But if Jesus Christ, the Savior, and I know the, the, the salvation context of all this, so I'm take that out for a minute. But if Jesus Christ dying on that cross in agony and pain with one spoken word could have got down off that cross, 
just simply said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. He wouldn't even have somebody to get the nail to pull it out. He made the nails. All he had to do was just say, you know what? This is, this is over with. I'm getting off this stuff. He could have got down off that cross and every part of his body would have been perfectly healed because he's the creator. But he endured the cross. And the Bible says he endured it. Why? Because of what was before him. Do you know why a lot of us don't endure? It's because we're not looking at what's ahead of us. We're looking at what's behind us. And when you are trying to endure, you can't endure by looking in the past. The only way you can endure is to get your head up and look to the future. Because you know, listen, I've already come this far. And if he's brought me this far, I can keep on going. And he said, because of the joy that was set before me, he endured the cross. Mark 13, 13. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Matthew 24, verse 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Psalms 30, verse 5. For his anger endureth for a moment, his favor, weeping may endure for a night, but what joy cometh in the morning? Weeping may endure, meaning weeping's going to be there sometimes. Tears are going to flow. Difficulties are going to come. But the hope that we all have is that there is an other side to all of this. And there is a, a, a mentality that we get into that we struggle with that if everything, and I've been there, I've said it, I've argued with God, I've accused God, I've gotten frustrated with God. I'm telling you out of my own mouth, I'm not giving you just scripture today. I'm telling you out of my own mouth, I've frustrated at God. God, why aren't you fixing this? God, why aren't you getting me out of this? God, why aren't you doing this? God, I'm snapping my finger and you're not even listening. I'm praying and you're not even responding. Get me out of this. And God says, no, but I've given you endurance to keep going through it. It's not that God is set back and punishing. I heard we we're, were talking to him up. Uh, a great man of God one time and talking and we, we, the conversation was about God being frustrated or mad. God, you know, God is, is God mad. It's God mad. And he made such a simple but profound statement. If God was really mad at you, you wouldn't be questioning it. You'd know it. Look at scripture. When God was mad, there was no question he was mad. There are some people, let's be honest, every husband in here, if you had the gift to discern when your wife was mad, your marriage would be a lot better, wouldn't it? Because there's sometimes you don't know. Is everything okay? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. What's wrong? Nothing. Every man would be so much better off if he had some kind of like internal meter that went bing. And so we have the mentality to, oh, I don't know if, I don't, is, God, is God mad? Is he, if God was really mad, you would know it. I mean, it's kind of like, would you like that original or extra crispy? Because if God is mad, he doesn't hold back. But the Bible says he's patient and long-suffering. So the idea is if, if, 
if I'm going through something, Brother Skip, God's not mad at me. Come on, if God wanted to punish me, he could punish me. So because I'm going through something doesn't mean, is God mad at me? Have I done something wrong? Is he punishing me? No. But he said in his word that our afflictions are going to come. There are going to be afflictions from the outside, and there's going to be afflictions from the inside. There are going to be afflictions from choices others make, and then there's going to be afflictions from stuff that you make. There are going to be things in your life that don't go perfectly. There are going to be times that you pray to be healed and you're not healed. There are going to be times when you pray to have, be blessed and you're not blessed. There are going to be times when you reach in your pocket to pull out a five and you only have is a one. Because there are times in life that you are going to face affliction. You're going to face persecution. You're going to face tribulation. But he said, if you would endure those times. That word endure there to me, and I know there are Greek and Hebrew connotations to all this. I'm just giving you my interpretation of what it means to endure. Endure means the only thing I don't do is quit, but it doesn't say how I have to endure. Because there's sometimes my endurance is not coming here. Praise God. Woo-hoo. God is so good. I know we're supposed to be Job. And I came in this world naked. I'll leave the world naked. Must it be the name of the Lord? Sometimes it's hard to get to that place right off the bat. I know some of you, you're so spiritual. You come in here and you just want to worship the Lord no matter what. But sometimes you just, as they say, you got to fake it till you make it. Because there's some real people in here and I've, I'm one of them. There's times where, you know what? I don't always come in here with a bounce of my step. God is so good. It's the devil's on my tail, but God is good. I'm so happy. There are times in here I'm like, there are a thousand other places in this world I want to be than right here, right now. If I'm being too real for you, it just you're going to have to find somewhere else to go to church. It's the only thing I know how to be. And you think it's hard to sit there with that attitude? There have been many, many times I've said, Lord, please, whatever you got to do, help. Help. Because there's not always times where you feel like, boy, this is all, I'm so excited that I get to endure all of this. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Paul is floating on a piece of wood out in the middle of the sea with no land in sight. I don't think he was sitting there going, man, the Lord's been good. The Lord's been good. Really been good to me. He's probably thinking, really, this is how it's all going to end. Of all I've done, I mean, you could have killed me when you knocked me over on my donkey, but you've let me go through all this to die on this piece of wood? You're, you're, that's how it's going to end. You're going to be, you're going to let me die floating on this piece of wood out in the middle of nowhere with nobody in sight. Or how about the times where Paul laid down on his cot at night and didn't have a meal all day, not because he was fasting, but because he didn't have any food. Because the Bible says that Paul wrote that he was in hunger often. Often doesn't connotate I've been there before. It means I'm there more than I want to be there. 
And Paul said, I've been hungry often. Wait a minute. Here's the greatest writer in all the Bible. The man who had more revelation come out of him than anyone about faith and grace and peace and all kinds of stuff about living. I mean, he's the one that says that, you know, we are more than conquerors. Woo! I mean, he said that. Paul was the one, I can do all things through Christ. Everything that's tattooed on people and every athlete said all comes from Paul. He wrote them all. Paul should get royalties for every tattoo because it's all from Paul. I can do all things from Christ right across my forehead because I want to remember that when I look in the mirror. And Paul wrote all of this. But here's a guy that had the key and the answers. And he said, listen, there's a lot of times I've gone to bed with nothing in my stomach. And so he sits down to write under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to Timothy, his son in the gospel, to tell Timothy how to become a man of God and live a man of God, but end up saved at the end. And in his letter to Timothy, he writes several times, here's a key, Timothy. There are going to be times you've got to endure. There are going to be times that you've got to endure. I can't tell you any more than that, buddy. There are just going to be times you've got to endure. There's going to be times that's not going to be perfect. There are going to be times that God doesn't answer all your prayers. But you've got to endure. I know when you come to God, everybody says you're going to have righteousness, peace, and joy. You're going to have life, life more abundantly. And that's, that's nothing wrong with that. It's true. Life with Jesus is a whole lot better than life without Jesus. Let's get that established. So we're not arguing that point. But my point is, we're not offering perfect, a perfect life and a utopia and never having problems. That's not what the Bible promised. It doesn't talk about full bank accounts and everyone running around Mercedes and living in mansions. That's not biblical. I know that's what you've been told by others, but that's not in there because he said there is some enduring that has to take place. And there's some of you in here today, you're in that enduring stage. Some of you have lived for God for a little while. There are other you that have been here for a long time and you have been on your mountains. You have seen God in so many great ways, but right now you're enduring. And you know what? It's in those moments of enduring where brothers and sisters become the most important thing in your life. It's in the moments of the mountaintop, you see, a mountaintop is very small. You can't fit a lot of people. There's not very many people on the mountaintop at one time because there can't be many people standing on the mountaintop. You ever seen a picture of Mount Everest? I guarantee you the top of Mount Everest can't be bigger than 30 by 30, 20 by 20. It's not very big. You can't have 100 people standing on Mount Everest. There's only a few people that can stand on the top of Mount Everest. But you go to a valley... You can get millions of people in a valley. We all want to live on a mountaintop, but a mountaintop's a lonely place to be. We all want to say, well, I can't wait till I climb up to that mountaintop. I reach the peak. I can, I can be in the glory of the Lord forever. I can see angels and I can see visions. And I'm just going to live on the mountaintop. And we get up there and go wherever I go. I'm so lonely. I need a friend. 
Because the mountaintop is not a place you can survive because there's nobody there. But you go to a valley. Woo! There are people in a valley because it's wide, it's deep. Everybody can live in a valley together because it's big. You know what? That's why in a church there's very few times where there are, there are large amount of people on the mountaintop. But that's why it's so important to be a part of a body. I know it's simple today, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming to an end. But I know that's why it's important to be in a church. Why? It's because if I'm by myself, how many people, and I don't want to be, and if you've had a loved one that had this happen, please, I beg you, forgive me for using this example. But how many people have died because they were by themselves when they had an accident? And they couldn't call somebody for help. Brother Richard Bishop, who's been in this church for years, he was, I heard him tell the story a couple weeks ago at a party I was at about when a tractor fell on him. He had a tractor fall. I don't remember all the details. Jesse, you may remember all the details. But he had a tractor fall on him. But this tractor, he was, nobody was around. And this tractor fell on him. And the thing that saved his life was his phone fell out of his pocket open to his wife's number. And the only thing he had to do was reach over and kind of hit it. Am I right, Jesse? He just reached over and hit it to call his wife and said, I need help. Come now. Bring everybody. Having someone to call save his life. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. Brother Bishop, forgive me for using your tragedy as as, as example. There were times that even prayer didn't save him. Having somebody to call saved him. I'm not saying God wasn't in that, please. I'm not taking that. But having somebody to call. There are times where just getting in your prayer closet, I'm going to pray. Prayer is everything. I'm not saying it's not. But there are times where you need somebody. And that's what's so awesome about being in a church like this that's been around for 45 years because we have people that have been here for a long time. We've got 25, 30, 35, some even close to 40 years of living for God that can tell you, listen, it's going to be rough, but you're going to make it through. You're going to have times of sickness. You're going to have times of difficulty. You're going to have times of frustration. But endure. 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 I have, I have my, my grandmother's here today. She's been living for God for well over 70 years, right? Me, all close to it. 72 years she's been living for God. 72 years she's been living for God. I guarantee you, if she could testify today, out of those 72, 72 years, there was a lot of years of just simply enduring. But we sang it this morning. It's in those moments of enduring that we can sing your grace and your mercy brought me through. I'm living this moment because of you. Maybe you're here today and your life is going according to your plan and everything in your life is 
lined up exactly like you want and you're just living every day with great anticipation of what is going to unfold. But there's some of us in here today that are living our life and instead of going right, it seems like our life's gone left and instead of going up, it seems like our life's gone down and it seems like there are a million different things going on at the same time and sometimes the weight of that, the crushing weight of that is almost more than we can take. And there is a, a thought that creeps in our mind, a little voice that creeps and says, you know what, it'd be so much better. Just give up, quit. Just, just give up. It'd be easier to give up than keep fighting through this. But what that voice doesn't tell you is that you can give up, but the problems don't go away. You can quit, but the problems don't go away. So when there's no choice left, But to keep going, there are times where you need to be honest with everybody. Say, listen, not just with everybody, more honestly with yourself to say, listen, I want to keep going, but I don't know if I have the strength to keep going. I need strength. I need strength. I know some of you will absolutely roll over and roll your eyes, and I will get somebody at the dirt to come up to me and tell me all the negative negative things about this so i'll email me please i'll read it later but they make five hour energy and with three kids that is a lifesaver sometimes and i know some of you i can see it now that you know what you're putting in your body i'll figure all that out later but there are times where you're trying to endure and yes And kids are kids. And there are times when you're sitting there and you don't have the endurance that they need because they have it all. I mean, seriously, every parent can say this, but if you could somehow put a needle in your child, suck that out, and then send it to a factory and have it duplicated, I mean, life would be really good right now. My oldest, if somehow we could... We could harness that. We wouldn't have to have wind farms and biosolar farms. We'd just put her in a wheel and just say, run, baby, run. Lights would be... She's got it. My Lord. Goes to bed late and the next morning she gets up. We're all zombies. She goes, you know what time I got up? No. I was up at 6.30. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) But there are times that literally you just, you don't, and I haven't, I'm telling you what, Sam's Club buys those, I'm buying by the pallet. I mean, I just, I mean, I back a truck up to my house, beep, 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 pull the things off a pallet. Because there are times literally I got to go into my little pantry and pull out one of my little happy juices and go, whoo, and wake myself up. And every one of your coffee drinkers, don't even point your finger at me. You got your coffee, I got mine, okay? So you just walk your little Starbucks self right on out of here. Don't even do it. All you coffee and tea and monster shot energy stuff, people, just keep on walking. We all have our cross to bear. I don't like coffee, so I got to have something. And there are times, honestly, where I'm, ooh, it's, it's struggling. I hit one of them things, and all of a sudden, let's go. Where are we going? We want to build a house. We're going to do something. Let's do it. Because you get that 
Five hours later, you're ready to go to sleep again. But from that moment, woo! Sometimes it's like that in God where you don't have it. But the Holy Ghost is able to come into you. I know we're having fun today, but I believe the Lord's trying to do something for somebody. The Holy Ghost can come into you and not by your own strength, not by your own ability, but the Holy Ghost is able to come into you and empower you. When you want to sit down, the Holy Ghost says, uh, you just sit back, I'll take over from here. And the Holy Ghost says, hey, we can do this. You get a hold of my hand and I'm going to take you through all of this because greater is he that's in me. So if you're here today, and you can be honest with your sister, right, come. I wonder if there's somebody in here today, and I don't mean that to be facetious or be dramatic. I mean that with all sincerity. I believe in my heart, my spirit, that God wants to touch somebody today. Maybe, and not, he's not going to change your situation. That's not what the Lord told me. But I believe the Lord wants to bring strength to someone today. He wants to touch somebody with strength. That you don't have any strength. He wants to touch you and give you some Holy Ghost unction to function. Because you don't have it. But you're here. And you're enduring. And God sees that. And God... This service that we could have just come in and said something pretty and cute, something, a few songs, shook hands and gone home and no one ever thought anything of it. God stopped all this because he's looking at somebody here today or somebody's, but at least somebody. He says, you're enduring. I'm going to give you some strength to keep going because you can't go any further. David, would you stand up right now? Just stand up. I know a lot of people don't know your story. and We don't have to tell it. But the Lord wants to give you some strength today. I know it's been a tough, tough road. And the Lord wants to give you, may not change a thing in your world, but strength. Can you lift your hands right now in the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus, I lose strength right now in grace upon my sister. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's hear receive it in the name of Jesus. Come on. Oh Lord, give her us give her the, the endurance attitude. Give her an endurance mentality. Come on, Marta, stand up. The Lord wants to give you some endurance today. In the name of Jesus. 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 Is there anybody that can stand right where you are? Lift your hand and say, Lord, touch me today. Touch me today. Oh, I come. Come on, that's it. Just reach out and open up your heart and your spirit. Oh, I lose strength in this place. Come on, if you're not praying for yourself and you've got a brother or sister standing nearby you, reach over next to him and pray with them. Come on. Come on. Let strength flow in this place. 
Oh Lord, I may not be on the mountaintop, but give me endurance today. Oh, come on, the Lord's touching people right now. Come on, the Lord's touching right now. Come on, if you're not praying for yourself, would you reach over and touch somebody right now and pray with them? Oh, he that endureth, he that endureth, he that endureth, he that endureth, he that endureth. Oh, Father, right now, give us the endurance mentality. Give it its endurance, strength, grace. I need oh, you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I lose it in this place. Come on, let the Holy Ghost do a work. If you've got the Holy Ghost, pray in the Spirit. Because there's nothing you can ask right now. The Lord already knows. Just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. 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 Oh, I come to thee. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I need. Oh, I need thee, I need thee, I need thee, I need thee Every hour, every hour I need thee Oh, yeah, 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 say bless, bless me now Oh, my Savior In the name of Jesus, come on, that's it Come on, that's it. Let the Lord touch you. Let strength come to you. Let some hope rise up in you and faith be rekindled in your spirit. Oh, we say, I need thee. I need thee, Lord. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, every hour, every day. Oh, I need thee.
sure everyone knows that he's a boy and only plays with boy toys. And so yesterday, my two daughters had gotten a lot of stuff for their dolls for Christmas and clothes and all that. And so they were in the doll mode and I was being an ornery father, probably being too ornery. And so I'm just teasing him about, does he want a Barbie and all of that? He's getting more worked up as I tease him. And I said, how about that? I said, said, listen, for your birthday in May, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy you your own Barbie, your own baby doll. I don't want a baby doll. I only want boy toys. And we went through this. And so I just finally decided to let off and so encourage him and cheer him up. I said, okay, then what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for your birthday? He stopped for a moment and paused and looked at me and says, I just got all the toys I need for Christmas. I don't need anything else. If I'm lying, I'm dying. My wife was standing right there. We looked at each other and go, okay. You know what? Instead of asking God for what you don't have, realize you've got everything you need already in you. If you've got the Holy Ghost, baby, you don't need anything else for your birthday. You got all the presents you need. So instead of trying to get frustrated and spend all your time frustrated with God over what He hasn't done and what He hasn't given you, realize you've got all you need to make it already in you. Would you just stand with me one more time? Put your hands in the air and just give God thanks and praise for all of His goodness and grace and mercy. Can you do that right more time? All over this place. Thank you, Jesus. So many things you brought. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Praise God. Praise God. 
Let's just clap our hands to the Lord and just give him praise one more time. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Let me just say this really quickly. I may not see some of you tonight or on Thursday night. So let's just say this on behalf of my wife and I and Hope and Charity and Noah to all of you. Have a wonderful and safe New Year's. We love each and every one of you. And we're so happy to be here with you. Be safe. And for those of you that we don't see tonight, we'll see you next year. Next Sunday. God bless you. Shake somebody's hand. Hug somebody's neck. God bless you.